ever since I've started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money. For doing nothing. Sounds like a plan to me. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code the planes, that's one word, the planes, to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Podcast on the Plains, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast brought to you by SECCountry.com. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and today in studio, I am joined by Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Painter, how are you, bud? I'm well, man. Thank you for having me back on, Zach. Sure thing. Happy Monday. Absolutely. Happy Monday to you and lots of happy news for Auburn basketball fans. Man, it, it, it keeps... I mean, the the story as far as like every time like a new poll comes out or every time Auburn, you know, gets another win because they're at 21 wins already for the season. It's, you know, people always make the joke of, okay, well, this is something else that (laughs) I wasn't expecting to do, you know, even a step further, whether it was, you know, they're ranked to top 20 to top 15. Mm -hmm. Now they're in the top 10 as the AP poll coming out earlier today, Auburn coming in. At number eight in the country, let's just kind of breeze through um, some of the key things. I'll, I'll read all the teams ahead of Auburn. Villanova at one, Virginia two. Number three is Purdue. Number four, Michigan State. Number five, Xavier. Number six, Cincinnati. Seven, Texas Tech. Auburn eight. Ninth is Duke. Duke, one of three teams that were in the top ten that lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they dropped from four to nine. Kansas lost from seven to ten. St. Mary's, Gonzaga, then Arizona was ninth last week, and they lost, and they fell to 13th. Other teams in the conference that are ranked, there's only three this week. Auburn, obviously, at 8, Tennessee at 15, and Kentucky at 24. Yeah, and so I guess for Auburn fans, is Auburn starting to set an expectation that creates frustration? Because one thing you'll notice with football uh, if you're in the top 15, top 20, that's kind of just a minimum baseline requirement. If And, and you've, so we talked about a few weeks ago, Zach, when Auburn made it into the top 25, initially people were so excited that people didn't, you know, the spot didn't matter. They made it in the top 25. It's sort of new territory or at least new since the early 2000s. Now Auburn's doing this on a consistent enough basis. I wonder when do the fans start getting hungry enough? Because as we've discussed on this in the past, there's an appetite for basketball amongst Auburn fans, and now they're getting a, a true taste at a top 10 team in the country. Some people have them, uh, some bracketologists have them as high as a one seed. I mean, th- I, which I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a fair, a fair thought, too. I'm, I'm not really sold on them being a one seed. I imagine that Auburn likely trips up more than once along the way before the regular season is over. And then on top of that, it's a stretch to know who's going to win the tournament because sure. in basketball it can be a real streaky sport. But again, the expectations are, are getting sky high. And so I'm also interested to know kind of how Bruce Pearl, when he talks to the media, he says, well, we're taking it one day at a time and we know it's a competitive league and those things may be true. But really, we're in 
when I say we, Auburn and Bruce Pearl are in uncharted territory. And so how they navigate the success and the attention they're getting, I think will be fascinating. Yeah, I'm thinking two seed, possibly a three seed, depending on what they do in the tournament. Right. Um, I, I know it's pretty much the, the floor when you look at all the projections is Auburn as a two seed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I think Auburn will stumble at some point. Um, I don't think it will be a drastic stumble, but you know whether it's they lose in Gainesville when they take on Florida, when they host Kentucky. I've got a weird feeling next Saturday when they travel to Athens. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Auburn is significantly better than Georgia, but for the past two or three weeks, I'm like, ah, that one's interesting to me. That one's interesting to me. So, but I agree with you. But I like that you asked the question about expectations because you're starting to see like, oh, well, this is a this is a Sweet 16 team. Mm-hmm. I'm like. Okay, we're like we're doing that now. The whole fan base just suddenly thinks that they're top, essentially sixteen team in the in the country. Which they're they're ranked eighth. Right. They're playing right. as well as anyone in the country. And when Mustafa Heron and Bryce Brown are scoring well, they can beat anyone in the country. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about basketball is, especially when that tournament atmosphere kind of kicks in, experience is always going to be valuable. You always see those upperclassmen teams do well. Auburn's not at that point yet, um, but. If Mustafa Heron or Bryce Brown score 20 points, like they're probably going to win, but you can't rely on that game in and game out. It's just, it's so hard to guarantee or expect, like, okay, this is a top 16 team. Yeah, it's interesting that Bruce Pearl keeps labeling Bryce, particularly Bryce and Mustafa, as three and D guys. Guys, if they have an opportunity, and, and I think it's pretty evident Mustafa will get a shot at the NBA, we'll see about Bryce. He has certainly become a more complete player, but he continues to refer to them as three and D players. You're right. When their defense is on, when they're hitting their shots and taking efficient, smart shots, and then, of course, Jared Harper is doing an excellent job of spreading the ball around. Auburn is a hard team to beat. Their nine-man rotation is deep. They play fast. It's an exciting brand of basketball. And I I, I would have to agree that when Mustafa Heron and Bryce Brown particularly get their points, when they're on this Auburn team, I won't say it's unbeatable, but they definitely look like the best team in the SEC. I also piggybacking on what you were talking about playing at Florida. Uh, You know, Auburn has to play Texas A&M. They've still got to play Kentucky. Kentucky could be interesting. They've got some big size, and they've also got some talented athletic guys who can play defense. Uh, Maybe not as, as a bunch of freshmen on their team. Maybe they have not gelled yet. But I think they will give Auburn a hard time because of their length, because of their good defense. Texas A&M, their team that's talented, but, man, have they struggled in the SEC And I think it's almost a toss-up when you play a team like Texas A&M. I believe Auburn can beat the Aggies. But, uh, you know, Texas A&M has played some really spectacular games that have surprised people since conference play started. And then, of course, their win against West Virginia proves on the right night they can compete. So Auburn, even though they have a little bit of cushion now in first place, certainly a lot left of the regular season. And then it'll be interesting to see what happens in the actual SEC tournament. Right, right. So a, a big topic from my show earlier today, the, the lunch break on ESPN 106.7, had a couple callers call in and ask what my takeaways were. Mm-hmm. And and my, my quickest reaction was when Mustafa Heron is feeling it and is a little greedy with his shot selection right, right. And, and and he's feeling it and they score, when he scores 20 points, because he and Bryce, I believe, both ended up with 23. I believe that's right. But when they do that, they can beat anyone in the country. Also, Chumo Kiki bounced back. I yeah. said I said last week, 
in his game against Ole Miss. That's the worst I had seen him perform in a game just from start to finish. He just didn't look good. He looked like a freshman, really, for the first time this season, or, or we haven't seen it a lot. Chumo Kiki bounced back. He was remarkable. Off the bench, he's going to be a star in this conference before his time on the Plains is done. So my question to you is, what were your takeaways? I guess for me, it has to go back to Mustafa. I've been impressed consistently with Jared Harper. I think Jared doesn't get enough respect because he's small, and I like that he's small. I'm about his size, and I'm about his weight, actually, which when I play pickup and try and shoot over someone that's like 6'3", I usually airball. So I don't really understand <laughs> how, he how he's shooting these. <laughs> it's amazing to me. But Y'all are the same size. Yeah, You're and, right. So with that said, Jared Harper has consistently, as a leader and as a floor general and as someone who has set his team up for success, and as Bruce Pearl says, is gauging his own personal success on how well Auburn is doing, not necessarily on how many points he's scoring. That's a takeaway that I think is important, particularly in a point guard. But you're right. When Mustafa hits 20, when his shot is on, I think Auburn is, is nearly impossible to beat. And then the other part being Bryce was sort of known as a three-point specialist, and I wouldn't say that's the case anymore. Now, I don't know who you who you necessarily want to take the last shot for Auburn. It'll depend on the situation and if it's a three-point shot or a two-point shot. But I, I'm going to piggyback with you and say, you know, kind of following your line of thinking when Mustafa steps his game up and also is able to get other players involved mainly because his shot is on Auburn is a really tough team to beat yeah I I really think when you just look at the guard play for Auburn and compare it to the teams in front of Auburn right now Villanova Virginia Purdue Michigan State Xavier Cincinnati Texas Tech Auburn is on par with all of them right and Auburn played Purdue last year and Bruce Pearl mentioned that recently and they're a team that uh, it got brought up. There aren't a lot of one-and-dones in the top ten. Obviously, there are some. And Bruce Pearl jokingly mentioned, well, that's partially because more than half of them wind up at two schools, Duke and Kentucky. But Which you say joking, or he said joking, rather, but he's kind of right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and Auburn doesn't necessarily, if you were going to point to a one-and-done, it would have been Austin Wiley, but he obviously came in early last season and then hasn't played this year. So Auburn being a top ten team, I think you can – include in that category and some of what we're seeing is likely a product and Purdue has benefited from this experience as you mentioned time playing together and then adversity when you lose some games and that's another thing I'm interested to know how this team responds because so far after their loss to Temple and then a tough road loss in Tuscaloosa against Alabama they've responded perfectly and they've continued to win can they do that down the stretch can they do it if they lose in the SEC tournament with the actual big dance following it. I just wonder what the adversity of this team and, and how, how they face adversity, you know, and, and so far I have no reason to believe that Auburn will, will be, will be just fine. But um, I guess with that said, ultimately Auburn has impressed in a lot of different ways. And I'm curious to see how, how strongly they finish out the regular season. So going back to the expectations talk, mm-hmm. what's realistic? I definitely think that Auburn should win at least one game in the tournament. Now, some of that's going to hinge on your matchup, but if they are a two, a three, or even, heaven forbid, a one seed. Which I don't think benefits them. I, I, I've changed my thought process on that. I thought it would be great for Auburn to be a one seed. They get that matchup against the 16, and their, their path is a little bit easier, at least in theory. Right. But just their mentality, like I don't think they have a one seed mentality. Like I, I don't think that that would help them. It's a lot of pressure, I think, especially for a school that, you know, when you're a blue blood like Duke or Kentucky, as we just mentioned, 
it's sort of the expectation, although Kentucky isn't having a stellar season and Duke may not themselves be a one seed at this point, uh, they are used to that sort of pressure. For Auburn, they're, they're still ascending and getting this national recognition. I think being a two seed, especially in Nashville, would benefit Auburn greatly. And I do think if they don't win at least one game in the tournament, it's a disappointment. And realistically, I would like to see this Auburn team at least make the Sweet 16 and prove, okay, we are a top 20 team, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the two locations closest to Auburn geographically, Nashville and Charlotte. And those would be two uh, fun drives for this fan base to take mm-hmm. to watch the Tigers play. You think you think the Auburn fans will travel well? Because as I've said already, there's a, there's an appetite clearly for success, and I think you've seen it at home. Auburn could use some support on the road, and Nashville's not a not a long drive from Auburn. Charlotte a little bit farther, but not terrible either. Well, so what do you think of what do you think of of this claim? How about we see what happens? When Auburn takes on Georgia and Athens, what, a three-hour drive or so? I mean, that's this Saturday. Maybe we kind of get a glimpse of, okay, obviously the fan base has grown and and there's definitely been a growth in in the passion behind Auburn basketball. We've seen it at home. You know, what was the game where they took buses? It was was Mississippi State, right, where they, they, they loaded up a few buses for fans to go out there. And I think you saw a little bit of support in Oxford with Ole Miss, but Athens, a you know, a reasonable drive, something you could do on a Saturday. Especially if you live in Atlanta. That's a great point as well. A lot of Auburn fans in Atlanta. I'm not sure how far it is from Birmingham. I don't know if that makes the drive closer or not. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to see Auburn's Auburn's uh attendance right. in Athens on the road this week. And that is a good point because it's easier than for a lot of people at least, you would think as Auburn fans geographically, that should be an easier trip and, and it's one that seems winnable I think it's interesting to me that you think it should be a challenge Auburn did struggle against Georgia at home in the first half so with that said it'd be great kind of a test for the Auburn fans and Bruce Pearl has been testing fans to come out and support them and I think they've certainly earned that right I just don't see Auburn losing at home I think because I I do think they'll stumble just because it's basketball it's eventually going to happen I just don't think they lose at home and, you know, it hasn't happened in a while. And, you know, some people will say like law of averages. I don't think that's the exact way to use it. But it's just kind of like, I know this is a negative way to look at it because, I mean, I support this team, obviously. But it's like they're kind of due yeah. to, to drop one in a bit. Or do you think it helps from the pressure standpoint? Like, I'm not sure if it matters as much that you haven't lost at home. It definitely, I think, when you haven't lost at all, or if you've got, you know, like they had a 14 game win streak, and people are like, oh, we don't want them to win the or lose because it's going to break the winning streak. So since they've done that, and change, I think it changes the focus. Yeah, but at, at this point, do you think having a home win streak particularly matters? Because that's less talked about than if you've just say reeled off like 18 straight wins. People are less focused about the home part. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I wouldn't either. I just think it's also turning into more of a basketball environment. Yeah. I think you're expected to win at home, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even the even the bad teams in their conference are good at home. I mean, Ole Miss, the, the first conference loss they had this season was to Auburn, right? Right, last week. And Ole Miss is probably the second worst team in the conference outside of Vanderbilt. But you don't necessarily want to play them at the Pavilion. Right, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think the average SEC team is really good at home. Now, all of them have lost except for Auburn at some point this season at home. But as far as adding pressure because of a streak, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Not this team, anyway. Just because of the the mental toughness and the focus, and 
I really don't think they care about that stuff. I don't think they care about the streak that they're on. I don't think they care about where they come in in the polls. Because, I mean, that was kind of the biggest concern. Like, okay, Auburn top, uh, they cracked the top 25. Right. You know, how are they going to respond? And they responded fine, you know, obviously. Yeah, did they use that top 25 as a benchmark? And they say, okay, we've reached our ceiling. We're in the top 25. No one's done that in a long time. Good season, y'all. Or do they use it as a springboard? And I think it's safe to say it's been the latter because they've continued to grow in the polls. Right. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So National Signing Day, let's shift to football now. Okay. National Signing Day, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And Auburn had three official visitors, all four stars. Richard Garage, the offensive lineman. Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from Louisiana. And, and I just have a hard time buying the fact that either of those two guys will end up at Auburn. Obviously, Richard Garage would be a, would be a great addition. And then the other guy, Malik Langham, he is... Uh, a new four-star, a defensive lineman from Huntsville, was a three-star for most of the process, moved up to a four-star. It seems like Alabama, he, he's leaning towards Alabama, but grew up an Auburn fan. Interesting. So I've never been recruited. <laughs> so obviously, if you saw what I looked like, you would understand that. The stump, baby. <laughs> the stump. That was my high school football nickname, the mm. stump. I don't um, know what people called me, but it probably wasn't that favorable. That's actually, that's a, that's a reasonably good nickname. What, not favorable? Not favorable is I, I don't know I, I feel like Stump is a solid nickname I, I'm just I tried to make a <laughs> Thanks, bad, I tried to make a bad joke about how you know people made fun of me and it didn't stick so anyway continue sure. continue hey, on. that's okay that's fine but I, I just wonder how much being a fan growing up affects it because I mean we know the whole Daniel Carlson story they grew up Alabama fans I mean mm-hmm. that's like the most notorious like growing up an Alabama fan uh, and then coming to Auburn but I, I just wonder how much that will play into it. He said he's going to publicly announce it Wednesday at 2.30 on National Signing Day. But I kind of, I have a weird feeling on this. I, I think he could end up in Auburn's class. Well, he wouldn't be the only person then in that case to have grown up near Tuscaloosa territory or have grown up with ties to Alabama. I, you know, it's hard to say because I guess there is so much that goes into a recruit's decision making. The family, of course, is a big one um, for a lot of players, what the school offers from an educational standpoint, and then do they have aspirations to play in the NFL? What position, playing time? I mean, there's a sure. whole host of factors that I could run through. Um, why is it you think that Auburn is either a better fit for him or that he is drawn to Auburn over a school like Alabama that's coming off yet another national title? If I'm a if I'm a defensive lineman, I want to play for Rodney Garner. It's hard not to, and that's a weird thing to think about because we've seen Alabama also spitting out very talented linemen, but... I think you can argue that playing time is there. If you're a talented freshman with the rotation that Gardner likes to run, you'll probably see the field if you earn it. Well, and, and think about playing time. So after this season, you come in, you be a true freshman. You may get redshirted. You may play a very little bit in a reserve role. Mm-hmm. But after this season, Derek Brown's probably gone. Right. Nick Coe has a good chance of being gone. Dontavious Russell's gone. Yeah, and, and speaking of those guys like Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown and Carl Lawson even going back a few years, they all saw considerable playing time. I didn't as say freshmen. Marlon Davidson. That's, Marlon, yeah, I mean, that's they, blasphemous on my part. Yeah, and so they, they all, and it's not like, you know, he's known for being a tough-nosed guy. He's not just going to put you on the field because you're a four or a five-star. But if you're talented and you've got the potential, I think you can get your 20 to 30 snaps. And then, of course, there's evidence that Coach Gardner is one of the best at producing talent that goes on to the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm kind of curious, like a lot of people 
want Auburn to make a splash, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know who that splash would be. Like, I don't know if adding Langham would be that big of a splash. I kind of feel like Caleb Tanner is a real shot for Auburn. But, I mean, as far as splashes, it's like it's Justin Ross and Quay Walker. Sure. And I don't know. Justin Ross, I think, either commits to Alabama. I think number two on his list is Clemson. Number three is Auburn. Mm -hmm. And then Quay Walker currently committed to Alabama. I have a sneaky suspicion he's going to end up in Tennessee's class. That's just kind of where I'm leading based on what I've read and heard. Um, But... You know, talking to SEC countries, Benjamin Wolk, like he's got a very sneaky suspicion that Auburn's in the running for Quay. You know, it's interesting how the early signing period, we're starting to see its impact on coaches and recruits because I think some people probably thought it might add more drama to the February signing period. And then, of course, I think a lot of people thought it would add less. And yeah. for Auburn this year, it may add less. I mean, it seems like in a lot of areas they're secure. And you're right, there may not be a specific player out there that Auburn's likely to get that is a, quote, splash, as you mentioned. Sure. But I also like the coach's ability, or I'll say, instead of like, I'll use the word trust, the coach's scouting. Because sometimes the recruiting services get it wrong, and a three-star is actually going to pan out more so than a four-star or a five-star. So right. I get why fans are craving that that big name, but at the same time, trust that the coaches have watched a lot of film and they know what these guys offer. Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. Tell everybody where they can find and hear your stuff. Yeah, check out the SEC report with myself, Painter Sharpless, and Noah Gardner. That's on ESPN 106.7, 1 o'clock weekdays. If you can't check it out every day at 1 o'clock, and we hope you will, check out the full podcast on iTunes. And then, of course, we also have the podcast up on ESPNAU.com. And we we like to release that podcast at about 5.30 most mornings. That way you can listen to it on your drive. So be sure to check out the SEC report. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. This has been another edition of the loveliest podcast on the plains. <laughs>